welcome to Free Exchange, the free market policy podcast of the Badger Institute. I'm Michael Jarr, Vice President of Communications and Government Relations. I'm joined by Matt Erdman, our guru of all things digital and the producer of Free Exchange. Matt, thanks again for all you do to make us sound and look good. It is uh, always a pleasure, Michael. Happy to be with you here today. Happy to get into more important issues and uh, talk to people that uh, have, have studied them, have researched them, have reported upon them, and are overall just very pleasant conversationalists, which surely describes our, our guest today. <laughs> Absolutely. Today is the uh, Michael, Matt, and Mark show. We'll get to our guest here in just a moment, but as we kind of traveled around the state and talked to Wisconsinites of, of all stripes. It's clear that many are concerned about the rise of violent crime in some of our biggest metropolitan areas. Unfortunately, this trend has even carried into our schools. Badger Institute Managing Editor Mark Lisheron reported last summer that the Milwaukee Police Department responded to 1,300 calls for service at 34 Milwaukee public high schools in the 21-22 school year. That's an average of 7.2 calls every day from MPS high schools to the Milwaukee police. Well, Mark recently followed up that article with another exclusive report after conducting a review of MPD visits to MPS high schools during the fall semester of 2022 and found that things have gotten worse. Mark, welcome to Free Exchange. You've produced some terrific old-fashioned journalism in breaking this story. You requested calls for service data for all the Milwaukee high schools listed on the MPS website with a couple of exceptions that uh, just didn't make sense, and the numbers you found were troubling. But before we get into those numbers, just tell us, how did we even get here in the first place? Why isn't there a police presence in the Milwaukee public high schools? This has been a drive that activists uh, in the city of Milwaukee and in other cities, frankly, using their own uh, set of studies saying that officers placed in schools actually exacerbate problems and in their zeal to uh, regulate have actually been a, a negative force in schools. And six years ago, they were able to convince the, um, the Milwaukee School Board that that was a good idea. And so six years ago, those officers were removed. Now, there was a police presence outside of those schools, but after uh, the George Floyd incident in Minneapolis in 2020, uh, there was another vote, and that police presence outside of the schools was, was also pulled back. So the only mechanism for MPS officials is to call the police and have them have them respond with a squad car or two or three. And so we started tracking this back in uh, the spring of 2021, just to kind of keep track of, you know, since 2020, there weren't any officers. Those numbers were relatively easy to get. Uh, the Milwaukee Police Department does a good job of breaking down those calls back in uh, the spring and summer of 2021, we made a records request for those numbers. We got numbers back. We broke them down into categories, types of calls, uh, what was the disposition, meaning what, what happened? Was a kid arrested? 
Was a kid taken to jail? Was he ticketed? What, you know, what, what happened? We did a story back in August that said that there were 1,300 calls, as you pointed out. Um, when you're talking about seven or eight calls to the police department every single day in the city of Milwaukee, and these are just from the high schools. We, we didn't even track middle school. It's a significant number of calls. And uh, if you'd like, we can go into some of those, what the uh, offenses were or what the reason for the call was. But um, but suffice to say that we found those numbers troubling. Uh, We made it a promise to follow up. And I thought, well, why wait for a whole school year? Let's just do uh, the first semester of this current school year. And what we found was, I think you mentioned that there were 1,300 plus calls in all of 2021-22. In the first semester, we had 778 calls in one semester. And that works out to well over 1,500 calls if you prorate it. It's it's a staggering number. All the patterns uh, would suggest that by the end of the year, we're probably going to have even more calls. And I do want to delve into those numbers because they really are shocking and eye-opening. But uh, you also reported some promising news. You had some discussions with the uh, spokesperson for Milwaukee Mayor Cavalier Johnson. What did he tell you? Jeff Fleming, uh, somebody that I've known in the business for a long time, got back to me and said, well, this wasn't on the radar. Um, however, there have been talks going on, and and the mayor is pretty confident that um, – there will be some police presence back in those schools sometime in 2023. Now, he was very specific about not being specific. Um, and he said more talks were going on, but it was it was a big deal. It signals that the mayor thinks this is important enough to intercede. You know, he was standing back, letting the police and uh, MPS work this out. The fact that he's interceded in any capacity, says that he considers this a priority. So uh, it was it was a big deal. Well, Mark, your reporting really does provide some empirical data that we can look at, some hard facts. Uh, you found that just in the fall semester, one semester, 34 MPS high schools made 778 calls for police service which was almost a, 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 a over 21% increase over the calls that were received from MPS last spring. So schools made 68 reports of battery just in the, in the fall. There were 100 for the entire school year last year. So in just one semester, we are approaching 70 calls for reports of battery. There were 36 reports of the subject with a gun compared to 39 for the entire previous year. Now, I would think one situation where there's a report of a gun in a high school would be pretty problematic, probably newsworthy, and yet we don't hear about these things. You're the only one who's kind of taking a hard look at these numbers and exposing what's going on behind the scenes. 25 reports of sexual assault in one semester in Milwaukee high schools. Again, if there were 25 assaults on a on a college campus, sexual assaults on a college campus, I think we'd be hearing national news about that. But this is taking place in our schools, and the police are continuing to have to come back and come back and come back 
for some very troubling numbers that reflect really troubling incidents that are affecting 14, 15, 16, 17 year old kids. To me, the overall numbers um, are even more important than um, these, these slivers. Yes, sexual assault is a very serious thing, but um, you'll note in my reporting that we, we broke down how many of these calls resulted in nothing being done. Hmm. Um, very often, the, the call is made. The call for service on sexual assault, for example, in most cases, that call could not be substantiated. The person who made the complaint was not available, didn't, didn't want to proceed with anything. In many cases, we don't know how those came out. But what's important to, to this argument about officers being in or out is the fact that the officer is called. The argument is not that, that this isn't a big problem. It's a huge problem. But if the officers were there to begin with, how many of those calls would not result in anything? There would be no report. There would be no nothing because it would probably not occur. I will guarantee you that if officers reappear in Milwaukee high schools, those calls for service over and above what those resource officers do would be cut to nothing. But it requires officers off the street. Sometimes it requires two or three officers responding. And what's the result? It's To me, it's a huge waste of city resources. And as it stands now, no greater protection for the vast majority of students who want to get an education and want to be safe. And it's not a matter of crying wolf, I expect. I, I can't imagine that seasoned teachers or seasoned principals in the Milwaukee public schools are picking up the phone and calling 911 lightly. I would have to imagine that these cases uh, are probably to the point where the teachers and the principals, the administrators feel like they can no longer control the situation. Initially, they probably try to kind of you know scale things down, calm things down. It gets to a point where they feel like they can no longer do that. They need the assistance of police. But when officers are called, quite often these things either just kind of disappear or are brushed under the rug, and that's that is a an equal concern. I want to reiterate what I just said was not to in any way undermine the seriousness of all of this. Um, I believe that at Milwaukee public school high schools, there is a threshold for calling 911, as, as you pointed out. I think that that's, I think it's important to realize that if, if you start crying wolf, you, you're going to get less cooperation from the Milwaukee Police Department. But high school officials realize and have realized for several years that they don't have a choice. With those officers gone, you either let something escalate, maybe let it get out of control, or you, or you bring in law enforcement and from the outside. Folks, I'm interrupting real quick to remind you that productions like these are only able to exist with support from individuals just like you. If you find value in this program, we're hoping you may want to give just a little bit of value back. 
The Badger Institute is a nonprofit organization that strives to create opportunity and protect liberty for all Wisconsinites. We do not accept government funding and rely solely on the generosity of individuals like yourself to support our policy and advocacy work. To learn more or make a donation, visit badgerinstitute.org. So the concept of getting police out of schools really hasn't resulted in the police being out of schools. They're just coming in a different form. Instead of having a presence that could be a calming or intervening presence day after day, they're still coming. They're just coming in squad cars quite often after the, uh, the incident is, is well underway. So it's, it's, it's not really working. Well, it's funny you, that you pose it that way because I wonder, is, is it more disruptive to have uh, squad cars pull up outside and, and the doors fly open and, and here are some officers who are normally not in the school and now they are in the school and now you've got uh, an investigation going on? I don't know. I would think that that's more disruptive, but that's just me. And, and the, one of the arguments for having resource officers in schools is that they can develop a relationship with the students so that they can feel safe around that individual. They know and interact with him or her personally. Uh, they know that that's somebody that they can go to if they're having issues. In this case, they'd have no relationship probably with the cops who come screeching up to the front door and come running through the halls. Well, since George Floyd, um, and this has been building for a long time, there's, there's a, in my research on the stories that I've done, you also have to get into motivations. And there is, for, for years, there has been a movement among activists that essentially posit that there is there is a body of research out there basically saying that uh, that relationship that you're talking about with officers, whether they're Black officers or white officers, does not exist. And that it is always confrontational between students and officers. And people have trotted out lots of lots of data uh, to support that. However, there, <laughs> when you're talking about violence uh, or disruption with a small number of students, and let's keep in mind that even though 1,300 or 778 calls and all of that sounds like a lot, we're talking about a very small number of students who are doing this and in the meantime, there are a whole bunch of thousands of students in the Milwaukee area who are not being protected because the because a group of activists have decided that this is this is too confrontational. And yet it's too confrontational between people who are disrupting classes. And certainly making it harder for teachers to teach and for students who want to learn to learn. Exactly. Yeah, when we think about that relationship and some of the competing ideas of how good it would be if it had formed versus uh, there's no way that it can form uh, due to a variety of factors, not to use the, the boogeyman word, but in, in a lot of ways that seems like the Marxist framework being put on the issue of this you know power and authority uh, imbalance. And so I, I I would struggle to see how much that is is really there versus 
implementing some sort of, of system by which these relationships can actually grow. And in fact, there's a, a document that is produced by the Wisconsin Department of Justice uh, in conjunction with the Wisconsin Department of Public Instruction, best practices for school resource officer programs. And it has a lot of uh, suggestions in there about how these relationships can develop. I think at least from someone who is just on the very outskirts of uh, of this issue and looking in, it seems to me that the way forward is not to uh, remove officers wholesale and throw the baby out with the bathwater, uh, but to work in ways which that relationship can develop. And uh, as Michael described, um, there can be a greater sense of, of safety and comfortability in the school that counteracts that disruption of the squad cars coming up and and hearing sirens and and seeing police officers not normally there disrupt the the school day well the a couple of things uh as you were talking um a couple of things come to mind first of all the great thing about journalism is that if it's done right um you can cut through the Karl marx debate club and you can you can put some numbers on the table and say okay you created a policy that does this we have removed officers Okay. And uh, unfortunately, we have not been tracking those numbers for six years, but we have been tracking those numbers now for two years. And very clearly, the numbers say more officers are coming to high schools. That is just a fact. Okay. So all of this gauzy, this could be or couldn't be, or maybe this is true, or maybe this isn't true based on ideology. I think it's what stuns me here is that the numbers go up. And I've, as I said, I've given each of these groups, I've called the president of the school board. I've called ranking police officers to speak on behalf of the department. Even the mayor's office who helped us break news, none of those parties has responded to our numbers. What do those numbers mean? Does that mean that your policy that has been in place for six years is wrong? Or do, do you not care what the numbers mean? We, you know, if you read my stories, there's a lot of journalism in there, but there is not comment from all of the principals as to what those numbers mean. And I think that that's important because, again, if you choose to have this issue on the table, and discuss it in means of uh, ideological theoreticals, um, then you ought to be able to say, okay, now presented with some real numbers, now let's have a discussion. Yeah, I think that that's very important. One of the elements of Badger Institute reporting that you ascribe to, Mark, is the fact that we reach out to, to all sides, to all parties, to pre present a balanced and fair objective story. Uh, you reached out to Leaders Igniting Transformation, one of the groups that has uh, pursued actively getting cops out of Milwaukee public schools and successfully they've been able to do that. Have you gotten a response from them? And uh, if so, what has that been? This is journalism 101. Who are the important people involved who have a stake in a particular issue? I believe it's your responsibility to go to those people and say, okay, I have run some numbers here. These numbers say that there are more cops now in schools than there were before. And it's going up. 
So leaders igniting transformation has never responded to any of our calls to comment on those numbers. You know, all of a sudden, these calls for service have gone up and they've decided that they are not going to talk to us about, well, what does that mean? I think it's, I think it's only fair to ask leaders igniting transformation to say, okay, uh, they don't mean anything to me or, oh my goodness, I'm shocked. Over the last uh, 14 years, uh, the Milwaukee Public School District enrollment has dropped by more than 20,000 students. Uh, a reflection, I think, of some of the uh, very issues that we're talking about. Parents are concerned about the safety, the environment in which their children can lead, and, and are looking for alternatives. Uh, we at the Badger Institute have been advocating that, that students do have these choices, these options, and that the funding goes with those students if they, if they make a, de a decision not to attend their local public school. We will continue to do that. Mark, your reporting just shines a light on the fact that there are really serious issues that need to be addressed, and hopefully the mayor, the uh, MPD, and MPS can come together with some sort of a, an agreement that returns resource officers back to the schools, hopefully bringing back a semblance of safety and continuity that will allow students to flourish, to learn, to be prepared to graduate and uh, take on the world. I think that it's going to be interesting to see what happens because in his comments about being receptive to uh, putting officers back in schools, Jeff made it very clear that the mayor feels that there's, there's still a lot of discussion to go on. I also, from the, from the standpoint of uh, open government, uh, wonder why none of these discussions that have gone on so far have been public and why the public has to find out through the Badger Institute that these discussions have been going on. When I think it's a pretty important issue involving parents and students school administrators and law enforcement. All of this should be public. I, I'm not hopeful that it will be, but I can say that the Badger Institute will be on top of that when, when some decision is made and some of those specifics become clearer. Well, Mark, we really do appreciate your reporting and your shining a light on this important issue. Thanks again for uh, joining us on Free Exchange. Thanks for having me.